the setting of this psalm uh, is very interesting. It follows 137, of course, but 137 is a psalm where the psalmist felt that he couldn't sing because he was before the heathen. And there is a silence. There's a time uh, where we ought to be silent lest we cast our pearls before swine. And Psalm 137 is a bit like that. He says, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? But Psalm 138 is totally different. And there is in this psalm a declaration of even the very kings of the nations praising God. And so men and women, while there's a time where we ought to be silent, there is also a time to speak openly, lest we be guilty of cowardice. And it opens, this psalm opens with praise. And you'll notice praise with a whole heart. He, hasn't, he, he wasn't going to hold back anything. He's worshipping God with all his being. And men and women, that really is a little phrase that ought to apply to how we come to the house of God, how we desire to worship the Lord. Anytime it's with a whole heart. There's a lot of worship that goes on today and it's just from the lips outwards. It's going through the motions. But the psalmist comes, he says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. And we want to pray this week with our whole being engaged. Our whole heart. You'll note also what he says, and I'm, I'm really uh, giving an introduction tonight because I want to make our way through this psalm because I think, I believe there are uh, different points here of encouragement. But I'm, I'm laying the foundation, if you like, and looking at just of these uh, opening verses before I come to the first one. And you notice in verse 1 he says, Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. Now, that may refer although I don't think it does, but it may refer to the heathen gods. And there was those gods of stone and uh, those gods that were man-made amongst the heathen and there may be that sense, but I want you to understand, I want you to consider that to see the word gods there, it is also used for rulers. It's also used to uh, describe the judges, the rulers of society in those days. And it may be that the psalmist is saying, I will, I will praise thee before them. And so I want you to keep that in mind. But whatever it is, his allegiance is very clear. His worship was unto God alone. Even when he wasn't in the temple. He said, I will, verse 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple. He recognized even it was God's appointed place to worship. And his focus was toward the holy temple. There's times where David, you remember the time where Absalom uh, usurped the throne and David had to flee from Jerusalem. He was away from the holy place. He was away from the temple. His heart, his yearning was to be back at the, the temple of the Lord. But even then that was the case. He, he still had that in focus. He says, I will worship toward thy holy temple. And don't we think of Daniel taken into captivity and there yet he prayed three times a day. The windows were open and he prays toward Jerusalem. 
He prays toward the holy temple. And men and women, God has given this congregation this little tabernacle here. And the Lord says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And that's what we're about. We've come to seek the Lord in prayer. Thank God we can seek the Lord anywhere. We don't have to be uh, in this particular house. We can seek the Lord wherever we are at any time of the day. But the psalmist recognized uh, that there was that place set apart uh, for the temple, the holy temple. And we desired surely to worship God according to his direction and according to his will. And you'll notice the reason, one of the reasons for praise that he brings in verse 2. He says, and praise thy name. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thy loving kindness and for thy truth. The word loving kindness is also translated mercy. And mercy and truth are found in Christ. Psalm 85 verse 10 brings the two of them together because it says, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. And that's Christ. And we have known mercy. And that undeserved favor toward us who were unworthy and undeserving. And we find it through the truth of the gospel, through the truth of Christ, through the truth of God's word. And we have cause to praise the Lord tonight as we come to pray for his mercy and for his truth. We have cause to praise God with our whole heart because of the manner in which he communicates that truth to us. He says there in the words of verse 2, he says, Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. That's how much God thinks of his word. And you consider thy name, that little part at the end, that incorporates, that encapsulates all the attributes of God, all that God is. And he's magnified his word above that. And in his word, he has revealed himself to us. He's revealed what we are, of course, sinners by birth. But he reveals himself throughout the pages of, of the scriptures. And the psalmist is able to praise the Lord for how he has magnified his word above his name. And then he proceeds to show why we ought to be encouraged. And as I said, I'm going to take one each night, but there's the first one here is found in the words of verse 3. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me. That's it. In the day when I cried, Thou answerest me. I trust we have an esteem for the word of God as the psalmist does. I think what we have just touched on in the words of verse 2 there remind us that what we have in our lap, what we have before us tonight is the inspired word of God. 
It's God breathed. And the psalmist acknowledges, says, In the day when I cried, thou answerest me. Why ought we to be encouraged tonight? Here's the first one because God answers prayer. Simple, but profound. God answers prayer. How often the psalmist had proved that to be so. He called upon the Lord in times of the greatest need. You think of the psalmist and how he fled for his life when King Saul was after him. And he sought the Lord. You go back before that time when he was in favor, how he came into favor even with King Saul. And how he sought the Lord as he went to attack or went to uh, battle against the great giant Goliath. You have it in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And the words are verse 45. And following, said, then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He wasn't thinking that he was going to get the, the battle or the victory himself. He says, the Lord's going to give me this victory. The Lord's going to enable me to take your head off. And all, verse 47, all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. He prayed that all the Philistines, all Israel might know, might remember again that there is one God, that there is one Lord. And surely we need to see the Lord demonstrate his power in these days. Men and women, the psalmist proved what he has just wrote in verse 3. In the day when I cry, and you of course think when you're crying, you're at our lowest ebb. You're at an end of yourself. You cannot turn this way or that way. And the psalmist was in the time of distress and need. And when he did so, when he cried unto God, God answered. And child of God, I put it to you, we have proved that to be true many times as well. God answers prayer. God has answered prayer for Congregation Market Hill these 40 years. And what he did in the past, he's able to do again. Because he's the unchangeable one. I want you to note the, the important pattern that you see there. And I trust that maybe you've grasped it as I've made my way down to verse 3. We praise God for who he is. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of loving kindness and truth. We praise God for his revelation, for his word. And it's then and only then that the psalmist then praises God for what he had done for him in times of need. So often, you know, we jump in on prayer and we just go straight into the petition. We straight into what we need. Whereas we should stop and we should acknowledge who God is. Thank him for his word, for his truth. And follow the pattern that the psalmist lays out here. I want to just ask, 
Is this not our time of need? We have a need in the church. There's a need in the Sunday school. A need in the children's meetings. Thursday night to see more children in. More children in the Sabbath day. There's a need in the youth. The Lord might guard our young people. They might be those who will grow and grace the knowledge of the Saviour. There's a need on the Sabbath day. We need the Lord's presence. We need, we need to see God move in salvation. There's many needs. Is this not a time of need for your heart and mine? Is this not a time of need for God in our land? It's a time of need. What do we do? We cry unto the Lord. Why? Because God answers prayer. Just in closing, I want you to turn back to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 in the words of 145. When you get there, you'll see exactly why I've brought you here, because the exact same words. He says, I cried with my whole heart. Hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me. I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches and I, that I might meditate in thy word. What's that all mean? I think it shows you the earnestness of the psalmist in prayer. The word prevent, uh, you could render it like this. Come before. Or met. Read it like that. I came before the dawning of the morning. Before the sun came up. He cried unto the Lord. But it wasn't just in the morning. It was in the night time as well. Mine eyes come before the night watches. Before that shift started for the night watches. He was found in prayer. Unto the Lord. It shows an earnestness. In his crying. He desired the nearness of the Lord. He cried with his whole heart. You see the little letter. The Hebrew letter before 145. Is kuf. With every one of the letters. There's a picture. Different pictures for different letters. you look at the word or the letter kuf you think of maybe the eye of a needle it's a wee bit like it and of course the women we know all about the eye of a needle threading the thread through it and some of you might be able to do it without the glasses on I don't know but you think of the eye of a needle men and women and it's enclosed. And that's what the psalmist is praying here. He's praying that he might know the Lord so near that his arms are wrapped right around him. He's enclosed. And look at verse 150. 151. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. God answered prayer. May that be our prayer tonight. May that be our portion this week that we might know the nearness of God.
as we seek his face in prayer. It is my intention, as I've said, to take you down one Psalm one three eight, but there's the first encouragement. In the day when I cried, I answer us me. May the Lord answer us, answer our petitions this week and throughout this year for his glory's sake. Amen.